Smartcast. And that burns your people out. We mentioned before, you end up at middle management kind of collided with a multiple initiatives of what's the most important thing. And that's the challenge is that when we don't have focus and we don't have alignment, we see people that are end up wasting time and money and not getting the same level of results they would have if they were actually doing less to start with. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Habitstack, Ignite Management Services, and Liberty Strength. We're also brought to you this week by a brand new book from Diana Kokoska called Becoming More. You can't get to better until you get to different. These sponsors help me bring these shows to each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to encourage you to join us on our growing YouTube channel. Search for Deep Leadership on YouTube for videos of all my interviews and exclusive content. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to focus and align your business priorities for greater success. And my guest this week is Chad Bereither. Chad is an operation management consultant and author of a brand new book called Improve Less, The Focus and Aligned framework for sustainable continuous improvement. We sat down and talked about what causes companies to miss their objectives. As it turns out, most companies are trying to do too many things. Chad helps us understand how to improve less in this thought-provoking conversation. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chad Bereither. Chad is an operation management consultant who helps companies meet their improvement goals. He is owner and principal consultant at Bereither Group Consulting. He is the author of a brand new book called Improve Less, the Focus and Aligned Framework for Sustainable Continuous Improvement. I am excited to have him on the show to learn about this new framework. So, Chad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. It's good to meet you, and I'm I'm excited to hear about this this new book. It's brand new, and I'm really excited about this. Um, but be, before we dive into the book, tell us a little bit about your background in continuous improvement. Sure, I got my my first exposure to even the, the term continuous improvement in what was at the time a new program being introduced to the U.S. Army. So I was serving as a, a civilian, uh, an engineer working on weapon system development, and we were piloting a new program called Lean Six Sigma. And so never heard of it before, working as a quality engineer. There's statistics involved, I'm interested. So I took the class, was trained and certified as a green belt. And then uh, at the time was also pursuing a secondary advanced degree in statistics. So they asked me, do you want to come on to the team and help us deliver some of the black belt training? I said, problem, I'm not a black belt. They said, well, let's get you trained and certified. So trained and certified as a black belt, I mean, it, suffice it to say, I found my niche pretty early on in my career, and I loved this stuff. Then coaching and mentoring projects, traveling around to different facilities, helping them solve operational challenges. Um, then I had the opportunity to work for uh, three other companies after that, all Fortune 500. 
and parlay that into what I do now is really focusing on operations management consulting and kind of the small to medium sized manufacturing business realm. So what what exactly do you do at your company? I know you talk about you know supporting operations or what have you, but what do you do? And what do companies come to you specifically for? Like what's what's unique about you, what you offer to uh, in in the way you help companies? Yeah, so I think the unique approach that we take is is the partnering of uh, versus traditional consulting where I'm going to give you the answers, let you do the, all, all the work. It's like, I'm going to walk through the process with those leaderships. I'm very interested in developing the capability, the skill set to leave behind. And that's really where this entire focus and align framework approach came from, is that if we start with the end in mind, what I saw even in very large organizations what we struggled with was sustainment of our improvements. So anytime you make an improvement, you have to change something. So if we need to change something, there's a change management component. And then on the back end, there's a sustainment component. And that's largely the responsibility of leadership. So if we can't metabolize that much change, I ask the question, well, why are we trying to improve so much? Maybe we should try to improve less and make sure we get the results we want. (laughs) <laughs> so I assume that's where the title of the book comes from, Improve Less. Uh, so exactly. So what you're so you're what you're saying is, is that we should what? We should focus on uh on sustaining uh the gains versus just keep adding on another program. Is that generally what you're saying? Yeah. So if if we if we make the not even assumption, if we just learn from experience and we see that after making a change. The, the results are only stabilized if we focus on sustainment, right? So that, that change has to be nurtured until it becomes uh, routine behavior, until it becomes a habit. And that doesn't happen overnight. Mm. So if we can't put that effort into the sustainment, we can keep pushing more and more changes down the pipe. But that infant change that went through is not going to sustain. So if that was a very important thing for us to accomplish... We've just overwhelmed it with additional changes where that's now been uh, minimized. It's been diminished in terms of its importance. So if we start with that end in mind that we are going to need to sustain this, and we look back up and we say, well, now that changes a little bit of the landscape of saying, well, how much effort, how much can we change at one time, knowing that there's going to be this bolus of work on the back end to actually sustain and coach and teach the organization about it. You know, when, when I'm hearing this, it, all, all I can think of is like my, my you know, I've, I've led a lot of different manufacturing businesses and I am guilty as charge of the guy that is um, really was poor at um, like allowing us to get to a new plateau level and taking a break. And, and, and like you say, sustaining those that performance, I was always chasing the next shiny metal object for a lot of my career. It's like, OK, well, we got that, uh, you know, we got whenever we, we got an ISO 9000 certification, great, check the box. Okay, now we're going to go after this. Now we're going to go after this. And so I was constantly pushing the organization on every different front. And I know at one time, one of my managers said, hey, uh, can we slow down just a little bit? Like, we're, you're so far up ahead of us that we're having a hard time keeping up. And, you know, you don't ever stop, you know, take the time to celebrate a, a win. You're just mm-hmm. off to the next, the, ne- the next shiny metal object. And I saw that a lot in my corporate careers that we were just chasing so many different programs, you know, that um, y- you, you, were, you had maybe 
I don't know, eight to 10 programs in some various stage of, of, of being launched at any point in mm-hmm. time to the point where we weren't focused. We weren't, and we weren't working on the things that were most important. We were working on everything else, it seemed like. Is, is that what you see when you talk to a lot of companies? I do, especially as you, as you start to grow and the complexity increases and you have all these initiatives. And I, I've spoken to people, when you're sitting in that middle management layer and you have five different people asking for, I just need one person to be on sub-team X and one person on sub-team yeah. Y. And yeah. pretty soon you're like, well, I have 10 people and you just asked for five of them. How am I supposed yeah. to run the business? Yeah. I mean, there is a reality of saying, we do still need to deliver for our customers and make these changes. You know, the, the other perspective to look at it is, is one of wasted effort. So there's a, a very popular continuous improvement philosophy that's called theory of constraints. And theory of constraints would say, you identify your bottleneck, yeah. you maximize your, you optimize that, you know, exploit that first. And then the bottleneck usually moves somewhere else. There's a five-step process. We don't need to go in all that here. Yeah. But, but suffice it to say, if you have a, a process and you're optimizing steps, making them faster, making them cheaper, whatever, and it's not the bottleneck, the plant, the site, the company actually doesn't see a benefit from that. Yeah. And so, so why are we wasting all those calories right now making improvements that this one process can't keep up with? So can we focus down? to? And it doesn't mean you have to move slow, right? You can move quickly if you're focused, quickly and tactically and say, if we improve that, great. The answer is not no to all those other improvements. Maybe it's just not yet. If we can get this solved first, focus on this problem first, then does it become more evident where we need to go after that? I, I love this philosophy because I think we are inundated, especially I would say in, 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 in the business environment we exist today, there, we got so many things coming at us from an external standpoint, uh, especially if you're, if you're, like you said, you're a little bit bigger, a little more complex, uh, and you're dealing with all the internal issues that you're dealing with, then you're also dealing with COVID and supply chain challenges and all these things that are coming at you that I think that we we lose track. You know, I always say leadership is motivating a group of people to, to accomplish a goal. We never work on those three things. We don't work on motivation, people, and goal. We're working on everything else. And and I, and I think that's where we're, we're, we get a little bit frustrated. Our employees get frustrated. Our employees... Um, they, they, they're no longer engaged because there's too many things that they're working on. To, and so I think part of the job of the leader is to prioritize and say, that is, this is the bottleneck. We need to work on this. Don't worry about that right now. Let's focus. And I think that's part of the job of the leader is to sort of help prioritize the people, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And, and there's, there's some risk in that, right? Because it's unknown. So it's not uncommon that leaders will hedge their bets. Like, well, if I don't know this is the one most important thing, I'm going to start these five things. And, and one yeah. of those should help me. But if we take the diligence and the discipline as the leader, so let's do the analysis, make our best estimate and say, this is where I am putting my chips down. Man, that, that it's way easier to rally your team behind that, right? And say like, this is what we want to accomplish. And this is what's the most important thing right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So the the book is called Improve Less. What inspired you to get this book written and get it out to the publishers? And now you have it in your hand. What uh, what inspired you to do it? Yeah, well, it's funny. I I started writing for me, right, to look at my approach. And I had I had been delivering for clients, and and certain things I would I was coming in at different points, and but certain things were always consistent. And there was always this frustration of like when I was still in corporate of, but how do we make sure it's still there two years from now? Mm. 
And so I'm like, well, what, how would I design the process if, if I could, and I can design it now, <laughs> if I could design the process, how would I design the engagement? So I started writing down for myself what that would look like. Then I said, oh, I should turn this into a PDF and like put it on my website so for customers to look at. And I was meeting with a coach and they read it and they said, this is a book. And so I'm like, um, like a book book? Okay. <laughs> so, now, I will admit, I, I know you've, you've written as well. Uh, that process to go from like words on a page to book is not like quite as linear as I thought it was going to be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But but I think that's the you know it's it's you know I wrote my books later in life and and I, I I was like an old dog in new tricks and it was fun I mean I got a chance to meet a lot of people I you know I talked to a lot of uh, authors during the process I actually hired a writing coach and you're, you're right it's like a complete unknown if you've never done it before but once you do it you're like oh well I'm an author now you know and it's like you do something that's very difficult and you you've never done it before and and just like anything else you stink at it in the beginning and then eventually <laughs> you figure out oh okay I can do this this is this something can be done so yeah well congratulations and when does the book come out uh on October 3rd oh wow so we're so next week yeah so that's we're recording <laughs> absolutely that's fantastic so so we touched on a little bit. So what's the problem with a lack of focus and a lack of alignment within an organization? Um, you know, we've been dancing around it, but if we get specific, so when we lack focus, you end up wasting your time and in some cases losing customers. Uh, you know, in a service business, you might hear things like niching down, right? If I don't have a focus on who I'm trying to serve, I'm trying to be everything to everyone. Okay, so now take that into your operations. If we're trying to do everything for everyone, well, what are we focused on really improving now? Like, what's the most important thing for us to improve? And so we we end up spreading our efforts, kind of thinly dabbling in everything, and it's a waste of time and potentially impacts your ability to serve your customers. So that's if we don't have focus. Now, if we do have focus and we can't get alignment, so now cross-functionally agree, like, that's what we're going to go after. Well, now it's costing you money. Now I have different, you know, fiefdoms and, and or silos that are, Champing their own initiatives, um, and, and that burns your people out. We mentioned before, I, I, you, you end up at middle management, kind of collided with a multiple initiatives of what's the most important thing, and having resources here. So that's the challenge: is that when we don't have focus and we don't have alignment, we see people that are end up wasting time and money, and not getting the same level of results they would have if they were actually doing less to start with. Mm, yeah, that's that's. And working on less and, and working on the right things versus working on many things, some of which may never amount to anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got this, uh, the, you call it the focus and align framework. Explain a little bit about what the framework is and, you know, just so people can understand the, the basics of it. Yeah. So the, the framework is, is a five-step process. And, and within those processes, there's some tailoring, right? But it's a five-step process to implement what are the key tools of a, a fundamental, a foundational management system for your operations, right? So it's a process to implement tools to build the system. And that's really it. Rather than starting with the end in mind and saying, well, let's just build a new business management system. We use this process. And again, we build it around a goal. So we don't just say, well, let's just build you a management system because everyone should have a management system. What we do is we build that around a goal and say, okay, this is the goal you want to achieve. Here's the process we're going to follow. And at the end of it, you're going to have a system in place to manage that goal. Mm -hmm. So that's going to put us through the process improvement, but also build the infrastructure for daily management and process confirmation so that once we achieve that goal, we don't, we don't drift off of it. 
So what does it look like in reality? Is it like a sort of management dash- dashboard or is it KPIs? It is, is it um, having a team in place that's focused on making sure this doesn't, you know, uh, fall out? Is there, are there sort of uh, key indicators like leading indicators that you can sort of watch? I don't know. I'm just curious to know that like, yeah, when it's all said and done, what does it kind of look like for the management team? Yeah. So for the management team, we have uh, a top level goal or objective. So our strategy is outlined in a framework that's um, objectives, goals, strategies, and measures. So that's okay. what we want to accomplish in words, what we want to accomplish in numbers, how we're going to get there in words, how we're going to get there in numbers. So that cascades through a tool that we use, which is called a, a KPI, Key Performance Indicator Tree. And that is unique to every business. I don't have a boilerplate KPI tree that says, like, this is the management system you're going to create. How do you run your business? How do you achieve these different requirements? And then we cascade that through for ownership, depending upon function and level in the organization. The part that you mentioned at the end, the dashboard, yes, eventually this comes to some sort of daily management with a, a visual management component to that, where we say, if this is a key metric, that's indicative of this process to deliver a requirement to support the goal, we should be talking about that on a regular basis. So we do build some sort of dashboard. Um, Sometimes it's a whiteboard on the production floor. Sometimes it is a a digital touchscreen on a Microsoft Surface Hub. The level of technology and implementation doesn't really matter. The concept is the same. That we identify the leading indicator metrics that tell us if our processes are operating correctly and that we should be predicting of hitting our goal. And then we run that playbook in through a, it's called the Deming cycle, plan, do, check, and act. So on that cadence, we're reviewing our performance and then daily problem solving to make sure, like, how do we write the ship to make sure that we're still heading in the direction of the goal? We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Habit Stack. Effective leaders make a habit of working on important goals no matter how busy they feel. Habit Stack software helps leadership teams build that habit. The system guides you to set crystal clear goals, align your tasks to those goals, and make progress every week. I use Habit Stack and I absolutely love it. It's such an easy tool to use and I love how it reinforces the right habits with my leadership team. Habit Stack is free to use. It's so simple that you get the hang of it in just five minutes. Go to habitstack.com to get started. Is your mindset sabotaging your success? Do you long to be more, do more, have more, and maybe even give more? Then you need to get this new book from Diana Kokoska called Becoming More. You can't get to better until you get to different. This book provides a step-by-step guide for you to move from your natural, resistant, limited way of thinking to a highly focused, productive, and liberating way of life. Becoming More is now available on Amazon or go to becomingmorebook.com for bulk 
bulk orders, and more information. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. I absolutely love this. I, I love that you said uh, whiteboard because one of the things that people get confused when they hear lean manufacturing, they they think you got to spend a lot of money. You've got to lot have uh, you know lights and 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 digital displays and all this sort of thing. But that's not how you know the Japanese put it in place. You know during the you know the early days of the Toyota production system, it was all like let's do with what we have. And so whiteboards, uh, they didn't have whiteboards there, but you know like cork boards were the thing, right? It wasn't it wasn't. Uh, it was, they didn't spend a lot of money. And, you know, as an example, I ran one manufacturing plant. And one of the things that we struggle with is that every, when I first took over is that everything was shipped at the end of the last week of the month, right? Every, it was just sheer panic last week of the month, everybody's running around and it was chaos and the quality dropped, the productivity dropped, the amount of defects and scrap. And so it was chaos. So one of the, one of the primary goals that I had was to equalize the, the shipments ever throughout the month. So we would actually track our uh, our revenue per month, right? And it used to always be, you know, a hockey stick. And, and yeah. I was like, no, we're going to do it every day. But one of the things I did was I had a daily stand-up meeting and I had, we had this giant, these two giant whiteboards that were put together and had our entire production schedule. We had goals for every day. And every team leader had to talk about what they did that day or what they did the previous day and what they were going to do this day. So the team leaders were accountable for, you know, making the daily numbers and and talking about if they have challenges, we we in those meetings we talk about it. But 
the the only thing we cared about was that graph being a straight line and not a hockey stick. And so everybody was focused on it and we had the, the the tools to do it and we did it and we did it consistently because it was like we we it you know we could have we could have worked on scrap. We could have worked on uh all these other things that were but the root cause was the, us pushing everything at the end of the month. And so I imagine through this process you're going to find the one big item like this that's going to it's going to change everything, right? Yeah, yeah so we we start with one Right, just like we said, but why why try to move the needle on five until we're good at it? Because it is a yeah. muscle memory. Even things like daily stand up meetings, people will challenge that at first. Why do we have to meet daily? It's like the first question I always get. Right. So so rather than like take a strictly tool based approach of it and just say start meeting daily, well, because I ask the question, well, what are you going to talk about every day? In this method. We start with the goal in mind. So now it's it's a visual and it's easy for leadership to communicate. The reason that we're tracking that in your case, the reason that we're tracking shipments per day is because this is the problem that we're having and we're trying to prevent. Okay, yeah. got it. That's why we're going to talk about it. That's why it's important. And that's the one thing that we're going to focus on. So absolutely, it's a great example. And we build that into the process, not to say you need daily standup. It's like by the time we get there, it's like, well, we need some sort of daily management system to track yeah. this. Yeah. We can... There's different ways to implement that, and we can talk about that, but we need to be putting our finger on the pulse of this process every day. I, I just absolutely love it, and it's it, it's 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 shifting, it's mind shifting because you see, like when 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 uh, I know a lot of times in corporate we go look at best practices. Oh, best practice, they have daily stand up meetings. We should have daily stand up meetings. Mm-hmm. Really? Should we? I mean, what's the goal of our business and how does that help us achieve a goal? If you know, if it if it's part of the solution, maybe. I love what you're talking about there is let's let's not do it for the sake of because everybody else is doing it. Does it make sense in our business? What are the what are the things that we need to be working on? What is the one thing that if we focus on this, we can get we can meet our objectives? And so uh yeah, now I understand the title of the book, Improve Less. <laughs> so focus on the one or few things, one or two few things. That that um so so what's it take to implement a, a framework like this? So take us through like if you're meeting with a management team, we start the discussion. Um is there are there aha moments when when the leadership team goes, oh well, that's this is what we should be doing, or do they and they realize that maybe they're working on too many things or uh, maybe take us through what it's like when you're implementing it. Sure. So I'll, I'll go through the five five steps in the process are why, what, how, who, and when. Right. So they're just five questions that we need to answer. So that first question sometimes isn't that easy for leadership to under, to answer. Why do we need to improve? Hmm. And and there may be differing opinions in there. So the first thing we need to do is focus and align even at a leadership level saying like, well, what are we trying to accomplish? So we do back them all the way up to admittedly in early in my career, I thought like mission and vision statements were very, very woo woo y. But honestly, if we can't align at a leadership team about like, why do we exist as a business and what are we trying to accomplish for the future state of our business and our customer that we serve? If we're not aligned there, it's going to be very difficult to align. So what's the most important thing to work on right now? So we step all the way back to that. And sometimes that's a little bit where the aha first hits of saying, oh, we weren't even aligned on what we're trying to get after. So why would an improvement goal or an improvement program right, or, or lean or Six Sigma training help us if we can't even talk to our people in the same language? So that's where the second thing is when we get into the, the what and the how. So once we identify that goal, Using this approach we have of a key performance indicator tree of clearly showing them, 
look, even within your business, there's 38 things, pick a number, 38 things you can work on. You don't need to work on all of them. Which ones either don't have a defined process or the process is underperforming or the control doesn't work. Mm. Now I've really narrowed my set down to you say, well, we do have standard processes for half this stuff. Great. Then you probably don't need to work on it right now. Right. Let's, let's shore up the foundation of all the processes that are not defined and all those ones that you say are defined, keep tracking them. Great. We're going to work that into the end of the who and the, and the when as well. So those are really the two big aha moments we have up front of really forcing the team to like take a step back and get aligned rather than just deploy, you know, death by random improvement. Uh, <laughs> what was a, a friend? I've of done my, that in my career, by the way. <laughs> A, a, fr- a friend of mine uh, that I network with, he had said that on a different podcast and it stuck with me. It was like an, an epidemic of random improvement, which is just like running around trying to improve stuff that maybe doesn't matter. So yeah, getting over that is the first big aha. And then really the how of, of drilling down and saying, we don't have to fix everything right now. Like what are the really important things to focus on? Now I can actually have, even though continuous improvement is a lifelong journey, I can have a short horizon of improvement to say like, this is my next step. Get these processes in place, make these improvements, and then revisit it. You know, I would imagine if as a company goes through this and they're able to, you know, really boil it down to what's what's most important for for his team to be working on, what's the most important measure of performance to meet their object uh, their their overall uh, goal and then everybody's aligned towards that. I imagine life gets a little easier uh, versus everybody running around chasing it's it seems like the never-ending uh, you know, the continuous improvement programs and and trying to chase all these things. Does that, in your experience, when you do have this alignment uh, and you are working on the right things, what's it like? What's the atmosphere like in the company? Yeah, well, it should and it does, right? So in a recent engagement I was on just, uh, well, it's almost a year ago now uh, in this fall, just some verbatims I, were, I was getting back was, you know, like it's a lot easier to hand things off when I have a system. So now we have leaders saying, before they thought like they needed to take everything on because they didn't know how to prioritize for their folks. Now we have a system and clear information flow for them. That that's fantastic. The other thing is a, a leader saying, "I go to as many meetings as I can, or else I don't know when I'll hear about it." Mm. Oh, wow! What a disaster that like you, you don't trust the organization to manage their own processes, or that you will get the information you need at the right time. So we have leaders that are running around taking on more responsibility, taking in as much information as they can because they're worried that a mistake's going to be made. But the reason that a mistake might be made is because there's not a system, a management system in place to support them. They're they're doing um heroics. Right? Yes. Yeah, save the day and, and that's not sustainable. No, no, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, it's funny because I write in my books one 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 analogy from my my Navy days is I say run to the fire, which means that if you have a problem in your organization, your leader is irresponsible to take care of that problem so it doesn't get out of control. The problem is if you're running to fires, it's 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 that to- that when you're firefighting every day, then you're out of control, right? So yeah. the, you know the goal is to have a fire every once in a while that a leader has to say, "Whoa, we've got a real problem here," but it shouldn't be a day to day effort. If if there's heroics happening, if you're if you're trying to be the hero and save the day, then you're not doing your job as a leader. You're not, you haven't built the systems and the structure to be able to have uh, continuous improvement, sustainable results. 
you're you're running around trying to make it happen through heroics. And that's not good for your health. It's not good for your employees. Uh, the stress level goes through the roof. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, that is not a good way to run the business for sure. So, and another perspective to take on this, right, is that as a leader, one of the most important things I'm doing is, is setting up my successor for success, right? Is, is that, that old yeah. adage of wor- working yourself out of a job. But yeah. am I really trying to make myself, I mean, if I step back and part of this is where some of the, the coaching and leader awareness needs to come in as well. There's, there's the softer skills of behavior and culture and leadership awareness as well that need to come along with this process that if I'm really more worried about what I look like in my performance versus setting the company up for success, right? Those can be conflicting viewpoints as well. So really the leader's job is to be building the system and building and developing the people underneath them so they can step up into that role. Man, if they had a system where the business almost ran on autopilot, how much easier for the person to come behind and say, I can take the wheel. I can handle that. Wow. <laughs> that that's that's really eye-opener, especially for small business owners that that, you know, uh, maybe they want to pass their business on to the children someday, or maybe they want to sell their business someday. If they, if they've got a system or a process, it's going to be much easier to be able to, you know, deal with the next group of people that come on. But the other thing too is, is I think you're right on target with, you know, the, the role of the leader is not just a, the day-to-day firefighting, right? It, it is to build the systems, build the processes and to train up the next of the successors and it essentially put, put, put themselves out of a job. And too many entrepreneurs I've, I've talked with are trying to run, they're running around trying to be heroes versus putting that system in place. And, and the thing is, and what ends up happening is when that person goes away, the the company falls apart because it's all held together through heroics. And that's what not, you know, so entrepreneurs, if you're listening in, don't be a hero in your business, build your systems, (laughs) make it easy on your life for sure. Absolutely. Um, One thing I was going to ask you, you know, a lot of people say lean and six Sigma, well, that's for manufacturing businesses only. So tell us about uh, the system that you have here. Is it just for manufacturing business or is it for all types of business? Well, so next week I'll be presenting at a conference with with a colleague that's in health and human services. So, also applies in in <laughs> that vein. Uh, at that same track, they'll be talking about higher education and healthcare, uh, and of course manufacturing. But if I just talk about health and human services for a second, look, there's the process that needs to be followed. Consistent process gets consistent results, and when you take some of that process away, and then you wonder why you get inconsistent results, it's pretty eye opening to say. Well, because we we drifted from the process. So now our results aren't predictable. And some of these services that are pro- providing essential needs to the community, like if you can't be financially viable and responsible, you're not going to stick, stick around. So it also works in areas like that. Uh, I've done work in the utility industry, field service, right? Where, okay, that's not manufacturing, but there's a standard process. Yeah, you're outside. So weather, terrain, neighbors, right? There's a lot of variations that you have, but still there's so much of that, the prep for the job, the design reviews that there's so much that can be standardized, like, and try to, we're just trying to reduce variation so that the job is predictable. Mm. And so to say it's only applies in manufacturing doesn't, doesn't hold up. And we, I think we were talking, was that before we started to record talking about our R and D and transition into manufacturing and if if research and development is going to miss time points by 
20, 30% of schedule, like, yeah. how can you say, well, that's just because that's R and D. No, that's, I mean, that's, that's a miss on the process. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so listeners, um, you know, when you're hearing this stuff and you think, well, lean and six Sigma, that doesn't really apply to me. Uh, I've got a service business or I've got, uh, you know, pizzeria I'm running, uh, or I've got, uh, a call center or what have you. Yeah, these all work standard processes, uh, basically making sure your team is working on the right things. This works for all types of businesses. This has been this has been fantastic, Chad. Uh, Chad, how can more, how can, uh, or so I was going to say, what final message would you like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, it, it is. If you're going to pursue improvement, process improvement, continuous improvement, whatever you want to call it, Lean Six Sigma, just, just pause and start a little bit with the end in mind of like how much effort it's going to be to implement and sustain. And then maybe pair back, you know, make sure that your eyes are bigger than your stomach. You're going to have to metabolize all that change. So you get better at it, right? So as you've done it over and over again, you understand how to implement and sustain. So then you can take on more. But if you just start off with like, let's get everything on the table, it actually leads to disengagement. Now people don't trust the program or they put forward an idea for improvement and nothing happened. And how much better to say, start with less, execute, show the results, and then build a little bit of consensus in your team. That is some common sense wisdom for this podcast. Uh, you, we want to improve less. When I first saw the title of the book, I didn't understand it. But after spending a half hour with you, I get it. Uh, we need to be focused on the right things and not running around like chickens with our heads cut off, which is what a lot of people are doing. And we don't want that. So we want to improve less. Uh, so Chad, how can people find out more about this brand new book, your company and other things that are going on with your company? So I tested this earlier today. So if you just search in a, a search engine, improve less book, I think I come up as the number one result right now. Ah, improve less book is actually the book page. It's on our website. So even from that, then you can navigate to other portions of the website uh, to find out about the company. For those active on social media, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So you can just look up my name. Uh, John, you can help them put a, a link in the show notes so they can find that there. But if you if you go now and you search improve less book in your search engine of choice, it should be your top option, Berither Group Consulting. Fantastic. We're going to put links to the show notes for the book, for his company, for LinkedIn, so you can reach out. And again, listeners, if you're listening to this and you're saying, I need this in my life, uh, you're going to have a contact for Chad right here in the link. Reach out to him and say, tell me more. Uh, I, I need this in my life. I need to get organized. I'm running around like a, like a crazy person trying to solve all these problems. I need some focus. Chad's going to help you do that. And this book is going to help you do it. So I highly encourage you to click on the links below and find out more about this book. Find out more about the idea of improve less. Uh, I love it. Uh, now that I've heard it, I get it. And uh, now I'm thinking about my own business. What am I working on right now? I think I'm working on too many things right now in my business. So I need to improve less as well. So this is really good. Uh, Chad, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for writing this book. I think it's really important. And thanks for uh, sharing all this information with our listeners. No, thanks for having me on. It's been great. I really appreciate it. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well.
Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.